Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Welcome back to Level Up, where you learn how to go from agent to entrepreneur. Brendan Payne is back. We're talking about the mindset and dealing with a zero inventory, in quotation marks, zero inventory market, and why it's uh, it's not really reality. It's actually a mindset and a belief system, and we're going to deal with uh, some of the implications and what to do about that. Uh, Greg is still gallivanting and traveling and doing his thing, so I've got Brendan with me. What's up today? How are you, man? Doing awesome. Uh, I know Greg is Greg, Greg is busy traveling, so he can't be bothered uh, to show up and hang out with us. So it's just going to be me and you. Uh, we got some really fun stuff. We're coming on the heels of the kind of the tactical, practical episode. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the last one, we went really went deep deep into the practical things you can do to deal with a zero inventory market. Now we're going to deal with the mindset side. So let's start with just refreshing people's memories. When you say zero inventory, I put it in quotation marks for a reason. What do you mean it's only mindset? Yeah. So right now, if you look, um, transactions are out there. And I think what people say when they when they feel like there's no inventory or when they're telling themselves no inventory, or, man, there's there's nothing available to purchase. That's just the perception of a really active market where things don't stick around very long. If you think about it like a, a grocery store, you know, we all felt better as listing agents when we had um, maybe 20 listings on the shelf, 25 listings. And we had six or eight pendings and everything was rolling. Because mentally, we looked and said, well, I've got these 20, 25 listings. And if a listing's not selling, usually it's like, well, if I had a conversation about pricing with them, then I'd probably be able to get them to sell. Mm-hmm. And so there's this false sense of security when you've got that. But in a lot of you know, the last few years, that's where a lot of people have been. Well, now you put something on the market, it goes under contract, and you're in this continual game of chasing it. It's like right. a grocery store uses a... The terms, uh, I think, FIFO, first in, first out. Mm-hmm. So the produce that is quick or that's closest to the consumer is the is the oldest stuff. Well, that's what's happening right now. Listing goes in and it goes out the door. It goes in, goes out the door. So you have to think about your business a little bit different. Of you know what, I always had the job of going and getting new listings. It's just they're not sitting as long. So right. instead of complaining about it, just go and take advantage of. It. Yeah, you mentioned in the last episode just that we're on track for, you know, no real difference, at least in your market, no no difference in the total number of transactions. Now, if you if if transactions were down 30%, 40%, you could see that mentality of, okay, sure. we have no inventory because they're just lower transactions across the board. It is what it is. But it doesn't sound like that's the reality on the ground. You're on track to have the same number of transactions. And so it literally is a is a perception. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of that perception is in a great market. Every market that's out there probably is up 20 to 30 percent the amount of agents that are going after those same transactions. But again, that's a mindset thing, too. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you don't have a shot, then the consumer sure doesn't want to give you a shot. You have to believe, you know what, you're not going to go and do 12,000 transactions in your market. But if there's 12,000, go get your unfair share based on what you get up and go do every day. Yeah, love it. So we're going to dig into a few practical mindset shifts and some tips. Let's start with the first one, which is just centered around the conversation. You, you alluded to it, but I want you to, to dig uh, into this a little bit more. So we talked a little bit about expanding the pillars. That was kind of the first practical tip and, and you know getting into other areas of lead generation. But 
you know, if you're someone like yourself that was really familiar with expired listings and you start doing, you know, circle prospecting, that is a different type of phone call. People might feel out of their element. How do you deal with the mindset of that? And you having done exactly that, what's the best mindset to take into those different types of calls? Yeah. So I think this is a good example that this market right now being a really strong seller's market in terms of your mindset for going and generating your own business should be no different than a really, really rough seller's market or a super hot buyer's market. In both of those extremes, everybody's thinking about one thing, selling. So when the market's terrible, people are like, oh my gosh, do I need to get out of this? And then when the market's great, they're like, wow, should I get out of this? So it's the same thought, just a different reason. So what's that mean? When there's change going on at both ends of the spectrum, go get in the middle of a conversation. So if that means you even, you know, just having the conversation of, gosh, I'm going to go pick up the phone. It doesn't matter whether it's a for sale owner or an expired or circle prospecting. It's a property owner. And we know in a market like this, everybody's thinking of doing something. So go get in the middle of that conversation. We used to, when the, when the market was really, really tough in 2012 and 13, right before we started changing a little bit, we went from probably 30 to 35 expires a day. And then it went down to like 15. And then we were freaking out. We're like, oh my God, we lost half the expires. Mm -hmm. But then we found out, just go pick up the phone and call through a neighborhood because most of the people in that neighborhood have been on the market in the last two years. Call them an old expired. They're not a just listed, just sold, a circle prospecting. They're somebody that was on the market a year ago. Yeah. So just redefining what that person is changes your perception and then you're going to sound different on the call. That is true. And it's interesting you talk about the old expires because, yeah, if you talk to anyone that really has made expires a big part of their business, usually what they'll find is they, they start expanding their search from the brand new and they start buying lists of old expires and they realize, holy cow, these are really freaking good leads. Oh my Right. And, and yeah, that, that's when you do get into those different conversations because talking to an old expired from a year or two ago is, you know, no different than you probably just stumble onto during circle prospecting. It's, it's relatively the same kind of call. You're not, you're not, the intro is different because it's not like they just went off the market. So yeah, like once you talk to people that actually have made expires, their, their bread and butter, even they end up finding they need to expand outside of the newest expires and they have those different types of conversations. So I like that. I'm curious what, you know, let's talk about digging deeper because uh, it is a different market. And, and Greg has talked about this in previous episodes where you really have to focus on the value that you bring and understand that you're you're going in with that approach of a problem solver. And we were talking a, lot, a little bit about that before we hit record. So if you go into a seller right now, um, why are you, you know, why are you asking questions and trying to get and really dig into their motivations more than you would in a normal setting? Yeah. So I believe right now with most of the people that you're that you're coming in conversations with, they are either at the decision making stage where they're just choosing the agent or they are ready to make that decision that I'm either selling or I'm not. And it sounds like, well, yeah, obviously, but that's not how that's not usually how it is. Usually people that are inquiring about, you know, making a move, they're just inquiring. They're curious of what's going on. And People all the time right now are saying, you know, I might wait until like the fall. And you say, okay, well, what's important about waiting till the fall? Well, I've actually got some, a couple of vacations planned down here. This might be a second home or an investment property. And I want to make sure that we can go ahead and still use those. 
totally irrelevant to whether they put their property on the market. <laughs> but agents all the time will say, okay, well, maybe I'll just follow up with you then like in August. How's that? Right. And then meanwhile, somebody else comes in ahead of time and finds out that they really just had the question of like, if I put it on now, like, can I make sure that I still get my vacation? Or can we make sure that my friends still get to come down here? Yes, it's called just negotiate a closing after that vacation's over, but mm -hmm. get it on the market now. So you have to dig a little bit deeper because right now the sellers, there's so many variables happening. Think of all the people that for the last 15 years, since the last really big run up have waited to make a move. The people that rented their property because they couldn't get the price that they wanted 10 years ago. Those people right now, when they're inquiring, they want to make a move, but they have all these little things that they have to kind of work through. So when you show up in that conversation, you can't just be like, well, here's the price that you should list at. Here's where it's going to be. The market's really hot and we're going to be able to get offers really quickly and you're, it's going to be great. They're, you got to walk with them through that process. Take them by the hand and what we can do in like a five minute conversation, you may actually have to ask a lot of questions so they see that you understand what the goal is and then offer them a couple of solutions that one's selling, one's not, choose the best. And now they're like, all right, this is the guy. Yeah, I remember years ago, um, I don't even think that this particular coach is on the market anymore, but it, like one of the best pieces of advice I ever heard about going into a listing consultation was you take out a blank legal pad and you just start asking questions um, and just take a very uh, consultative approach, which made a huge difference early on for me. And yeah, people just appreciate just the genuine curiosity uh, especially if you ask good, intelligent questions and you actually have ideas for how to solve the problem. I mean, the problems, that's a, that's the back half of that. But even just like that, like that approach, I never forgot that. And I took it into a bunch of areas, even outside of that. I never forgot that piece of advice um, because yeah, it's most people, most agents, I would say go in there and they think the difference is going to be the way they present the way that they say things. And a lot of times it's the exact opposite. It's the questions they ask and how they lead people through that process. Yeah. And I think we have to understand, like in a market like this, the consumer's confidence in themselves being able to sell, like you think everybody almost uh, probably considers themselves a for sale by owner. Like if I wanted to, this market's so hot, I could sell my home and they might be right. Mm -hmm. So if you're not clear on really what your value proposition is, and it comes by asking questions, getting answers, formulating options, then you go in and you sound like everybody else. And everybody else to the consumer is just another agent. So the way you sound like something besides just another agent is to actually ask them the questions and formulate something based on what they're telling you. Not mm -hmm. just like, hey, I'm awesome. Here's my 58 point marketing plan. When the seller's looking and saying, well, everybody puts a sign in the yard, it sells. It's going to have to be <laughs> something more than that. Don't need yeah, 100% agreed. Uh, yeah, which which answered one of my follow up questions. Just what what kind of how do you set yourself apart in that environment where the perception is the marketing of it doesn't matter because that for, as a marketer that sounds terrible. You've taken away my chief yeah. competitive advantage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. uh, and so yeah, the problem solving aspect, the consultative plus the problem solving that makes sense. All right, let's talking about uh, let's talk about just being available and and what your mindset is around phone and communication in a very just kind of a zero inventory market. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about how do you get to the point where you can take 10 listings a month and 10 listings a month for most people 
is going to be, that's going to be a pretty busy month for them. And maybe that's going to be twice as much as they normally do, or maybe that's getting back to what they've done in the past. But if you, if you fall into the trap of believing that the consumer will wait for you right now, you're in trouble. So what, you know, basically my answer is answer your phone, answer your emails. When we were just begging for buyers to come in to sell our listings, then we were kind of like, ah, you know what? They'll come find me. They'll track me down and that consumer will call me back three times because there's only half the amount of agents to choose from. And I'm, you know, I've got it all covered. Well, now the consumer, they pick up the phone to call you. They have made a decision to reach out to somebody and you've got to be there. You miss that call, you call them back. They're not going to answer. You leave them a message. They're on to somebody else. They're expecting in this market reaction time that's really, really fast. And so you've got to simple things. The ability to answer the phone. If you're in an appointment, who's answering it for you? If you're to that point where you um, don't have staff yet, that's okay. But you got to go overboard. Then when you finish up wherever you're at, then stop the car. Don't go to Starbucks make those calls back immediately so that you can get the stuff that's coming to you. Um, in a market where everything counts, you've got to be prepared to, to, to be there when the consumer shows up. Because again, back to our value, they see us all at the same level right now because of their confidence in the market. So you've got to be a step above them based on what you're, what you're bringing to the table. Love it. It's uh, it's a practical practical thing, but it's a, uh, the mindset behind it, just of being available and making sure that you are taking advantage of every opportunity, just not taking for granted that people are going to track you down. That's very, very important. Something that agents have a hard time with. Um, let's take a quick second, just talk about some of the tools that you're using right now. And then I know you've got something else uh, mindset related up your sleeve that we'll close out with, but what are some of the tools that you guys are using right now just to leverage and make sure that you're contacting the right people and contacting them more often? Yeah, so um, I have been using for since really since uh, Abe Safa had come up with the program, I've been using Contact Junkie to help me automate and help me get things out to, um, you know, I'm trying to increase the amount of contacts I make, be more efficient. So that's what I'm using on the automation side. And, you know, I've gone back and forth through, there's dozens of data companies and that are out there when I'm trying to find information on, you know, seller lead valuations that don't have all the correct info and stuff. So going deeper in those and not just ignoring the ones that come in with a missing piece of information or it's a wrong number. I've been able to pull out quite a bit of stuff this year from people where maybe two years ago, I would have looked at it and said, it's not worth the time. Now everything's worth the time. So I'm digging deep using exact dial to pull up contact information and then maybe dropping them into once I've talked with them and, and got them opted in. Um, dropping them into uh, something that's automated. So when I'm out on an appointment, getting 10 listings, 15 listings a month, then there's something behind the scenes that's that's working for me. Yeah, Keep the love it. Cool. And, and all the links, by the way, for those that are listening, uh, we'll have the links in the uh, show notes directly there. And then Brendan, you've got a new course up on real estate sales solutions too, which I think ties in really nicely with the mindset stuff because it kind of digs into the psychology of the conversation we were talking about, right? Yeah, I got um, a couple things. Actually, um, I had a lot of questions about, you know, when when you started, what were the things that you focused on? And I've always said the only difference in in what you're doing right now in business and how you want to grow, it all comes down to skills, the amount of contacts you make, and then the systems that you use to become more efficient because we all have the same 24 hours. So there's an agent accelerator course that I did, which is all about 
um, just basically my, my blueprint from zero transactions up to 100 transactions. And then there's a, uh, another one in there that people should check out that is um, just a, it's really a listing role play. We did it over Zoom with a group of agents and um, had a great uh, couple of moderators on the other end that I know real well and they asked tough questions. And then we <laughs> dug a little bit deeper into like, why did you say that? Why did you say it the way you did? Not just what are the words of the script went a lot, a uh, lot, lot further than just the initial words. Yeah, I was going to say for the. It sounds like they really brought the heat and and brought brought some really good, tough objections and, and pulled some really good stuff out of you that might not have come out otherwise. And yeah, yeah. when talking about digging deeper into the conversation, where most agents would either drop it, let it go, not want to dig in, and then wouldn't be able to solve like demonstrate that problem solving ability. You know, uh, getting getting into a role play like that, where you can hear those questions and then understand what you're thinking about the psychology behind the questions and how you're handling that in real time. That's that's just it's priceless to see that stuff actually done, and have those objections handled by somebody um, that has the 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 best kind of mindset and has the scripting down. Because when yeah, you get those you two can, things together, yeah. The, the the misconception, I think, the myth about scripts is that you know the script is the power is in the script. The power is not right. in the script. The power is in the understanding of the script. And so when you just repeat what somebody else says and you go, "Man, that really didn't work as well," it's because there's more to it. And yeah. understanding the concepts is is the gold. So if you get somebody to be able to show you that part of it, then then you're way ahead. Yeah. So that's all at realestatesalesolutions.com. The links to that are on the show notes as well. Uh, let's close out with one final piece of advice for people on the mindset side. Start having some fun. You know, we <laughs> talked a little bit before this started and it's so funny because in the worst of markets, you know, um, terrible market, no, you know, there's all kinds of inventory and, and the sellers are hating it. Then agents are complaining. Mm -hmm. And when it's just kind of a slack market, it's not really a buyer's or a seller market, then agents are complaining. And now we're in like a really, really strong market. I know buyers are struggling and it's tough getting right. offers accepted, but it's a good market. And sellers are loving you right now. Have some fun. Start enjoying yourself because at some point, if you don't enjoy yourself, you're not going to be doing anything to build your business. And when there's a shift at some point, which there always is, then you won't be able to take advantage. This is fun right now. It's exciting. Go be excited, show the clients you are, and you know, see where it goes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, Brennan, thank you so much. And everybody, we appreciate you listening. As always, make sure you share it with other agents in your office, um, if you can go into the office anymore. Um, but share, share them with the other agents in your uh, in your social network. Um, and make sure to leave a rating and a review for the show. Uh, if you enjoy you know, Brendan's episodes, make sure to give him a shout out. If there is a particular guest that you like, make sure to give them some love in the review. Make sure to reach out to Greg. As always, you can message him on Facebook. He's always very uh, open and loves getting uh, questions that way and responding and interacting with people. So make sure you reach out to him. And um, just we'll see you on the next episode. We appreciate your uh, your time and attention. Bye.